How's it going? It's been a wild uh, few weeks, and um, before we begin, by the way, if you have not heard last week's episode, please go check it out. Um, we had Ellie Turner on. Ellie was our guest, and um, she she's a just. One of my favorite musicians here in Nashville. Absolutely awesome. We had a really fun conversation. Um, I talked a little bit too much, but but the conversation flowed, and um, I really just got to you know enjoy um, her perspective, and um, I think she's a very valuable perspective. Um. So we haven't really chatted much uh, since I went to Colorado, and I just want to quickly get Colorado out of the way before we get into this past week. But um, I I really enjoy going to things for the first time, and you get to experience it. You you get to sort of, when you go somewhere for the first time, you wash away your naivete, your preconceived notions. I I don't know about you, but I always have this image of what something's going to look like. I always thought I, you know, you just, you'd hear about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you just imagine what Pittsburgh looked like without even, you know, doing it on purpose. You just get this image, you know, and then you go there and it looks nothing like it, but it also does. It's a weird thing. You know, I always pictured Denver as a much smaller city, but it's actually a very, very big, widespread city. Um, you know, I've seen the Rockies. I've been to Wyoming. I've been to Montana and South Dakota and part, a little bit of Idaho. Um, but this is the Colorado Rockies, and it's just different. It felt different. But uh, my brother lives out there, so Kate and I went to, to visit him and his wife, my sister-in-law and my niece. And... Um, my brother's an outdoorsman, a pretty wild one. Like, I love the outdoors, but I, I enjoy the outdoors within my sort of comfort. Uh, my brother's a really intense outdoorsman, and he will, he's a downhill biker and a teleskier, and he, he's pretty into, like, just the more extreme side of the sport. Um, so naturally, even just in his way of showing us around, where, you know, in his in his SUV, just driving up this, like, tiny little dirt road that's covered in snow so it's like driving on this icy snow up in the rockies giant cliff below giant mountain above and you know just going up to the alpine alpine zone you know we're like 1400 feet above sea level and got to really get into the rockies didn't really you know do any intense hiking or backpacking um but really got to experience it and um you know Drove through all kinds of beautiful towns. I went to this town called Frisco that I really loved, and then this other town called Le- uh, Letter Letterman. No, not Letterman. Uh, God, I keep forgetting this town, but absolutely, absolutely beautiful town. Letterland, I think Letterland. Yeah, Letterland, Colorado. Um, let let's say it's Letterland, but absolutely gorgeous town. Um, played a couple of shows there. Um, got to experience a little bit of like the Denver, Colorado sort of food scene, went to a Patagonia, you know, as one does when you're there, everybody, everybody wears their Patagonia. It's very cute. Everyone's kind of always dressed like they're hiking, you know, even if they're not hiking. 
um, which is cute. You know, it's a little bit, a little, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's also really nice that, you know, the whole city is sort of, we're all here for the outdoors. We're here to experience that. Um, and then went over to Boulder, Colorado, which is really, now I kind of just see it as like a suburb of Denver. You'd always hear about Boulder, Boulder, but, you know, it's 40 minutes, it's very quick 40 minutes outside of Denver, but beautiful, beautiful city with, um, you know, right at the foot, at the foothills of the front range of the Rockies. And, um, got some really cute pictures there. I got to post a bunch of pictures on Instagram from it, but, um, really just had a blast. Got to spend time with family. Saw, I played two shows. At both of those shows, there was a friend from my past, from like New York, that, you know, I like kind of almost forgot lived in, in Colorado, but a bunch of friends came out. Um, Leah and and Sarah, so it was really just a special a special thing. Got to meet a bunch of local musicians. They're all so nice and welcoming, and I think there's a really cool um, you know music scene there. And I got to just get a small hint of it, just a little taste. Now, um, you know, it was fun. We called it the Sarah Lee tour, and I, I kind of thought it was cute. I was like, um, so I just did like, for, I made a little poster for the tour, you know. Um, and, and the term tour is kind of, it's a little bit with like a, a wink, you know. Because um, it, it was like, we're, let's go to Colorado. Oh, wait, there's a, there's a so far in, in Colorado. Let's reach out to them. They, you know, I have an in with them. And they're like, yeah, come, you know, we have a bunch of shows for you. So, but it was fun. You know, you get to make a little poster. And for the poster, I just did my name and the dates and then I just did with special guest Sarah Lee, you know, kind of like if it was the opener. Um, and I thought that was clever. I thought that was fun. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, just sort of uh, get a little nod to, um, you know, instead of being like single release tour or the Sarah Lee tour or whatever. Um, I thought that was very clever. Um, but, you know, the song is out. Then we put out the music video. The music video got like 550 views in just a few days. Um, I think it's it's around 550 now, hovering. Hopefully, it'll keep growing. I just want to break a thousand. Um, but it's crazy that 500 people saw this video, you know, on my tiny little YouTube channel. Um, I, I think you know I'm very proud of it. It's a beautiful film, uh, and it's just weird, man. It's exciting to, to have the music video. All right, then here's here's where I'm just I'm so excited to report this to you. Um. So, you know, in, 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 the, in, in showbiz, we do, you know, we'll do like a single release show. You know, you do a release show and it's sort of, it's a, it's a way to, in, in all sincerity, it's just a way to celebrate your work. You know, when um, my buddy Ray put out a song, you know, she had her single release show and I thought that was beautiful, you know, and that's what people do here in town and that's what, that's what musicians do. And we have to celebrate our work. It's up to us to celebrate our own work because we don't have these like crazy fan bases that do it for us, you know. Um, but even so, I think no matter what level of artist you are, you should be really proud and take a little show or a fun show or an interesting show and celebrate, you know, um, putting out something. Um, but certainly my level, it's just important and it's fun. And it's, it's an excuse to get all your friends together and hang out and play some music. So 
We did this single release show at the Bowery Vault, which I've told you about, with Ellie Turner, who's on last week, and then this guy, Zach Meadows, who I love to have on. He's just incredible. And, you know, again, there's this thing of, like, I rant and rave about people here. There's only so many people that have really, really deeply moved me, and those guys are two of them, Zach Meadows and Ellie Turner. Um, And... Every time I play a show that I care about, um, I get a little bit nervous. I get excited. Now, I took an approach. I was sort of experimenting. I, I was like, what if I post about it a lot? First of all, I'm really just going to post about it a ton. I'm going to run a few ads, spend like 50 bucks on ads, and then spend like almost 50 bucks on posters and go around hanging up posters. So overall, I spent about like 100 bucks on promotion. Um, you know, for ads and then and then the stuff like and and then I'm just gonna post that like crazy about it. Did a little video with Ellie. Um, did a bunch of reels and stuff on Instagram just to like see what if I really go go nuts a little bit. You know, pushing the show will that you know result in like a bigger turnout? So I think I think the result. I mean, the results are in, and I think from the experiment, I learned that no, because <laughs> here here's the thing: it was a packed room. It was like a packed room. Uh, everybody, all, well, not everybody, but a lot of my friends came out, and we filled the Bowery Vault for my show, which I still don't really feel. It's hard to appreciate your own little successes, and I got to try to take that in. But the reality is, it was, it was my show, single release show, and not only did two incredible songwriters that I respect so goddamn much uh, play with me, so join me on the show. Trust me enough to be like, yes, I will put my name on the poster with you and 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 play that that show with you. So that was already a huge success. Got got. This is my first my own show at the Bowery Vault. I've played at the Bowery Vault many times. Done like Monday night stuff, um, the uh, rounds. I've sure done their open mic a hell of a lot of times, and and just you know been part of shows there. But this is my show. And we filled the room. And there wasn't a single seat available, a bunch of people standing, the whole bar. It was a full room, man. And I should still try to take it in. You always just go to, like, the, the small things that, um, you know, that don't, uh, I don't know, that bug you or something, but um, or that you didn't do well. But, my God, it was a fun night. Um, Zach opened, killed, then Ellie played, and she just, she ripped it. She was really, like, in her element. I like I know internally she's like really just um uh it, it was like I don't know it was really she felt like a warrior I don't know it was really cool or like a comedian that's like you know having a tough night getting the jokes but then gets there and um it was just I, I can't even articulate it. I don't have the words it was really 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 special and you know more special than like most you know you'll go to big shows and you know, the opener's like, all right, this is okay. You know, when's my favorite band going to come out? And they came out, and maybe they blow you away, hopefully. But, you know, this was just Zach murdered. He was so great. And then Ellie went on, and the room was just silent, completely in her work. Um, A friend of mine who was there said, Ellie's performance, just she's like, she belongs, you know, she could be at the Grammys and the Grand Ole Opry. Just that performance gave across that aura of greatness of beauty that this belongs on big stages this is special this is worth celebrating worth 
worth cheering on, worth encouraging, worth propping up, worth promoting, um, you know, worth worth just putting your your heart and, and uh, you know behind it. And um, it's really really exciting. And you know, another friend was there. Was like Zach felt like just a, you know felt like a famous musician in the way that he related on stage. His his sort of banter, the way he put himself across, was really just classy and cool. Um, it was wild, man. And then I was playing full band, so we have a band: Chris Bauer on the pedal steel, Dave Strumfeld on bass, um, Hayden Kotcher on drums, and then I had my buddy Brennan White, uh, who goes under the name Cadetta South. Uh, he played acoustic slide on one of the songs, a song called Girl from Novar, which you'll be hearing about uh, a bunch about in the coming weeks. Um, it's going to be the next single. So uh, we went on, uh, and there's a curtain. You know, it's a real old-school, beautiful room. Uh, the curtain op- opens up. I, we started with postcards from Poland, uh, went straight into Sarah Lee, uh, did um, a song called Happy Lovers in a Dark Room. Really loved that one. Um, and then did In Bed by Midnight, which just that one, like, I don't know, it just hit, man. It was the first time ever playing that song in Nashville with a band. Um, then we did Girl from Novar, which we had Brandon on. He came on and played acoustic slide. And we, so we had sli- acoustic slide guitar and pedal steel. And it was just sounded so goddamn good. Hayden was doing all kinds of cool stuff with, like, a shaker and percussive stuff on drums. It just, like, really... It made me kind of be like, we should, you know, this, this, uh, I don't know, it's just so goddamn good. Um, and then we did, uh, let's see, we went straight, yeah, and we did Funny Boy and Hold Up That Train and just closed it out. And um, it was a really fun show. Pack the room. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming. I love you so much for it. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people in the crowd are musicians themselves, which I appreciate. And I can't wait to go to their shows. And then, but some people weren't. It was a pretty late night, you know, so some people have, I mean, even musicians. Everybody had work at like you know six, seven a.m. Buddy Riley came out. Amber, Rochelle, um, Kevin, Julianne, um, uh, my second cousin who I've never met, Alex. He came with Mary, uh, Hazel. Um, thank you. I, I mean, it's kind of you know Matt, Grant. You know, you haven't made it when you can name everybody in your audience, <laughs> but. It was so beautiful, man. And then Kenny Schick was on sound. Ray Duncan was behind bar. It was just a beautiful, beautiful, warm atmosphere. Um, Emily, Zach's girl, and um, it was just a really warm atmosphere that I was. I just felt fortunate to be a part of. Um, yeah. Um, Country Queer Alliance. I forget their name, but they they were there. And uh, oh my God, um, lots of wonderful, wonderful people. And um, definitely forgetting people. Harper, um, Kate, of course. Not of course. Don't take it for granted. Um, but it was fun. Um, it was just, oh my God. Eli Isabella. Yeah, it was It was just a wonderful show. Uh, so that's that. You know, Sarah Lee's out. We did the single release party. It was a blast. And uh turns out I don't have to. Um, I think I'll still do the posters because those are really fun. Um, there's this cool Irish guy there, British, I don't know, he's like, I'm Australian, um, I forget his name, but that was just sweet of him to be there, so that's that, um, you know, music videos out, 
and Sara Lee is not at all behind me, but it is, you know, it's just fun to have it out, and I can't wait to put out the next song. So um, that's, oh my God. Full of gratitude here. All right, we're going to do a song here that, um, this still this is a very old song, 2014. Um, now I am skipping over some songs that, you know, I think you might have heard. Um, so I'm I'm starting from the beginning of my of my songwriting career for the most part, I'm skipping over anything that's just trash, and I'm skipping over stuff that you might have heard. So this song that I I'm very very confident you have not heard. Um, and uh, yeah, let's let's just see how it goes. Bit of an experiment, but um, I I think it'll be fun. All you pretty empty faces Meaningless embraces You think ain't worth a nickel or a dime And your California girlfriends When everything is just pretend It's like a joke without a punchline Politicians, children, everybody wants to kill them, but I just laugh it all away. Cause a governmental mermaid, I was doing it just to get paid, but I won't live for yesterday. I saw you laughing in the rain Smiled as I called your name Said you were laughing away the pain They all thought you were insane And it says it on your t-shirt Ignorant are the teachers But it doesn't work me up And they stole your life insurance For theatrical disturbance Oh, so what if it's all corrupt? Cynics are the losers Like mystical misusers But I don't lose any sleep And the hateful seem to know that Hate will just make you go mad Oh, but they're in way too deep I saw you laughing in the rain Smiled as I called your name Said you were laughing away the pain But they all thought you were insane I saw you laughing in the rain
become my lovely sister Heal your lonely brothers And I've seen the wicked and the wise Forget about your troubles Cause if you dwell on them they'll double There's no need to apologize I saw you laughing in the rain Smiled as I called your name Said you were laughing away the pain They thought you were all insane I saw you laughing in the rain Smiled as I called out your name Said you're laughing away the pain So what if they all thought you were insane? There we go, a little tune from 2014 um, I gotta say that that was like a, a 10 minute song And I just cut out half the verses because they were trash But, um, you know, so these are the, the best ones from it um, You know there's still, you know, it's a song. It's a fun little song. Let's not get defensive, okay? Um, and I'm grateful for that song. You know, it, it, it certainly taught me something about something. And um, it was fun to sing. I really loved that. I wasn't, um, again, when I was singing it to you, I wasn't like, this is an old song, you know. Um, so that's that. What should that, I think that's just, that song is just called, like, The Healer or something cheesy like that. Um, yeah, why not? something the healer heal whatever um so that's that now i want to talk about um a friend my friend kenneth lipschitz died this week um passed away um ken ken was a beautiful man he, was, he must have been in his late 60s, I'm going to guess. I don't know. But Ken was a very, very dear friend from upstate New York who, um, he was a bass player, also a writer, but I just knew him as someone who would just, you know, always come out to shows. He was a rather larger man, curly white hair, um, always had sort of like a, um, there, there was just a lot going on inside and, you know, sort of had a blank, face but you know it was funny charming and very like always the smartest man in the room uh brilliant brilliant man that hit his intelligence or didn't didn't let his his you know brilliance you know sort of corrupt his just everyday life you know he liked going to the diner he liked women he liked making jokes he liked, loved music and he loved connecting and just chatting and my relationship with him in the beginning was you know I'd start playing out these gigs around let's say you know 20 um, maybe 2016, and he would come out to shows. You know, he was just in the sort of in the upstate New York in the Catskills. He was in the upstate New York music scene, and um, he'd frequent uh, the bakery on Sundays. He would come whenever I play the downtown barn, um, Cabernet Franks. Uh, different places in Calicoon, and sometimes you know there'd be three people that showed up, but he would always be there. 
and he would post about me on his Facebook and he was he was always just so encouraging and so nice and he believed in me so deeply and he told me he thought I was great and he made it clear um and what's wild and I, I guess I should tell you this but uh Ken so Ken Ken was Ken went to Cornell University cuz he was pretty pretty brilliant uh and he 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 was in college. He, did, he, had a, he played bass in a college band. He was in college with Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and the News. Um, and they had stayed in touch. You know, they were friends. They'd email. And Ken would email Huey saying, there's this kid in upstate New York. His name is Shlomo Franklin, and he's incredible. You know, can you do anything with your you know, your star power? And you know, he would send Huey my poems. He would send Huey my songs. And... You know, he really, and he told me about this. He's like, I've been sending Yui, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm friends with him, and I've been sending him, you know, your stuff. And sometimes he'd say, Yui said, he, you know, you're great. You said you remind him of a, you know, a beatnik poet. What are, just really nice, encouraging stuff. And then when I put out my song, January Eyes, Yui Lewis called Bruce Eskowitz from Red Light Management. Red Light Management is one of the biggest uh, management companies in, in, in showbiz and music. Um, you know, they manage everyone from Dave Matthews Band to, you know, Alabama Shakes. And um, Bruce Eskowitz is also, uh, I think he personally managed Lionel Richie and a bunch of other people over there. Um, and I got a call from Bruce fucking Eskowitz. Okay, I'm, at the time, I'm maybe, let's see, this is, you know, um, this is 2019, so I'm 22 or 3 years old. And I get a call from Bruce Eskowitz. I remember I was in my bedroom in in Rockland County, and I was shaking. I was so nervous. And it was it was one of those moments of like, is this it? it you know, am I gonna? I might be able to make it. Am I about to make it? You know. So I talked to Bruce, and you know, we we chat on the phone. He says, "Let me put you in touch with you know." I'm going to talk to, because he's way up there. He's Lionel Richie's manager. He's um, a bunch of other people. And he's the, like, COO or something of Red Light Management. This is crazy, okay? This is surreal. And none of you know this, and it didn't really change my career, but I'll I'll tell you where it leads. So first of all, now Bruce Eskowitz, I have his phone number, I have his email, and he's a friend, you know? Because of Yui Lewis. Because Yui Lewis. Because of Ken. So Ken emailed Louie, Yui, Yui, Yui messages Bruce, okay? Now, by the way, Ken Lifshitz is not, he's not like the most assuming character in upstate New York. So to look at him and go, oh, he's my ticket, you know, because by the way, at the time, everybody would be like, oh, I know somebody, I'm going to email you. I'd literally have people at my shows be like, I know P. Diddy. I'm like, how's that? What's What the fuck is P. Diddy going to do with my music? <laughs> Are you crazy? But I've been, you know, it's these characters that come up. So I never listen to them. So when Ken, but Ken, there's something so hilarious and real about him. He's just, he was so real. He was the realest person. He was just ruthlessly honest. So when he said it, I was like, okay, that's amazing. And then when it actually happened, it was like bizarre, just absolutely bizarre. But it's because Ken is such a real person and a beautiful person. And I want to get back to just talking about Ken because I love him and miss him so much. And I'm, I'm, He's one of those, you know, I'm missing my whole life. And we used to get coffee and breakfast at the Bethel Market Cafe. And I'll always just think of him, you know, 
eating just bacon and eggs. Uh, I had whatever the hell I had, French toast. We're drinking coffee on 17B and just chatting it up like old friends. You know, he's 40 years my senior, 40 years and change my senior, but we felt like old friends. And he was so generous, and he was a great bass player and a brilliant author as well. Um, but real quick, just so I talked to Bruce Eskowitz, and he, he put me in touch with a bunch of smaller managers, which made sense, you know, that were... He put me in touch with this guy who was managing the milk carton kids, and, you know, I talked to him, and he basically told me, like, well, you know... He told me in a very nice way, like, I don't have anything to give you because you're not famous enough. So I was like, okay, cool. And that was that. And I never bothered Bruce again, really, but I will at the right time, you know, and... and I don't even necessarily want to go that route of having like the big management company, but you know, just, just knowing that he's a phone call away and that I have him on my side is, has been incredibly encouraging for, for, for all these years. Um, and I probably should email Yui Lewis to tell him Ken died, which that's going to suck. Um, Ken, Ken, I, yeah, I like. I just I cried over him so much that I can't even I can't even get in touch with like just the you know now, now I'm kind of like at just this numb stage. I, I I can't believe he's gone. But but real quick, just for you, I want to tell you about this beautiful man. Um, he would show up at shows and he loved everybody. He was incredibly encouraging to me. He was incredibly encouraging to Sarah Holtz, who's another awesome um, musician upstate, and he was just always there and. He would write about it on Facebook. He wore his heart on his sleeve, and I, I took inspiration from him. And I that's why now, if I love someone, like if I, if I admire somebody's work, like Ellie Turner or Zach, I'm gonna say it. I'm no, you know, I'm never gonna play it cool. Nobody in upstate New York. Everyone was kind of a little bit cynical, and nobody was passionate and excited about other people's work. I was, but no one else was except Ken. Ken would match that. And he, he would just tell everybody and would write about it in whimsical long essays that were hilarious. He wrote books. I have a book that he sent me a few months ago that I still haven't deeply dug into. And it's just in PDF. He never got it published. I'd love to make it into an actual book someday. But I have it. And he would just write these beautiful, weird novels that he could have been one of the great writers. He was also a great bass player. He played in orchestras and stuff. Um, You know, we got to play music together a few times. And... He's just one of these people that could have been, you know, this weird legend, could have been a great author, but didn't really give a shit. He, he also had a vineyard for a while. He had all these past lives I didn't know a lot about, but, you know, I tried to, you know, get him to talk about himself. Um, he once got in his car and drove all the way from upstate New York to New York City, and he saw me at Rockwood Music Hall. No one else did that. And it was never about him, even though I guarantee you he was probably the smartest person in the room, certainly the greatest writer, uh, probably the best bass player. Um, it wasn't about him. He was just happy to be part of life and be part of his scene. And he would let himself, you know, get excited about other people. And he would tell them. And that that was rare. That's very rare. Um, he was also ruthlessly hilarious. Um, a dry sat satirist. Um, he was generous. He loved Kate. When Kate came into my life, he welcomed her like family. And, you know, we, we've hung out together and never, never enough, you know, you looking back, it's like, I should have got coffee with him all the time. And last time I was in New York, we talked, but he wasn't feeling well. 
So I didn't see him, but I should have bothered him and be like, I want to see anyway, but you know, it's okay. Um, but Kenneth, Kenneth Lifshitz was a, was a beautiful man and I'm going to miss him dearly. He's in my life. We have this ridiculous photo together. Um, he didn't like getting this picture taken. You know, I guess maybe he felt self-conscious about his weight, but you know, with his picture where he's making himself looking, you know, he like puff, puffing out his stomach and making fun of himself, but he was very self-deprecating. He loved women, <laughs> yeah, but in such a beautiful and, and you know, non, just in a beautiful way. He loved women. Um, you know, he wasn't creepy. Um, he, he was just, loved, he loved life. And, you know, I just knew him as this um, very, very matter-of-fact human who, when you talk to him, for long enough, you're like, oh, you're like this brilliant, strange mind that I all I can do is try to appreciate. But he was always three steps ahead of you. But, you know, would sort of carry himself like he was a step behind. And for years, he would just encourage me. If I go on, on his Facebook now and I scroll back, there's just, um, you know, like just st so much stuff of him posting about me and you know I and, and it's like I, I didn't even appreciate it enough you know you never can but but I got to be his friend and I got to I I got to um I got to t you know let him know that how, how much I loved him I hope you know um I mean, this is from 26th, the incredible Shlomo Franklin, Liberty Downtown Barn, just him filming me. Um, and then when I moved to Nashville, he would share he would share my posters, you know, just like, proud of you, kid, kind of stuff. Um, I went to see Shlomo Franklin at Sarah Holtz, both of whom have remarkable... Let me read the whole thing, cause he's just, he's a great writer. This is Ken. Let me say, I made a joke the other day about Bob Dylan's Nobel Prize being a belated attempt by educated Europeans to convince us Americans, in light of recent events, that we are not all idiots. And while that may be closer to the that may be closer to the actual literal truth, it does not do justice to Dylan, who was, if anything, a transcendent figure and truly deserving of any validation he receives, no matter what the motive and no matter how little he himself cares. I realize I'm far too cynical. Which brings me to Phillipsburg Community Center, where I was attending a concert on Saturday night. I went to see Shlomo Franklin and Sarah Halls, both of whom have remarkable, unique, and original voices of different types. So anyway, they had food before the concert, so I bought the reasonable dinner, which consisted of pork loin, red cabbage, and cauliflower salad, disdaining the kale with the snide comment, I do not eat widow window dressing. <laughs> Anyway, so I went to my usual chair where I have a good view of the black poodle that is usually tied up to the front desk because in case I don't like the show, no matter how unlikely that seemed this particular night, he is always moderately entertaining. And I sit next to this heavyset blonde woman in a beige outfit, no glasses, but probably contacts, obviously Jewish and obviously from Manhattan, as she repeats everything she says to me twice in case I'm an idiot, and who reminds me of my Aunt Rose... She is with a younger blonde Jewish woman, maybe her daughter, who has a similar Prince Valiant haircut and round black glasses, no contacts, who seems entranced by the fact that we are having this conversation. So I am put in this assembly line men men mentality immediately, imagining that there is some factory somewhere with an assembly line producing these women with Prince Valiant haircuts. 
Uh, Broigus, she says to the thin bearded man who came up to talk to us, I think referring to the dinner. Now, Broigus is a Yiddish word. I don't know what it means. Um, I think it means angry, but I'm not sure. Um, wait, hold on. I lost it. Sorry. Give me a second. I don't know what it means, but I know it is supposed to be funny and sarcastic like a chicken. You don't have to understand a chicken to know they are funny, if not really sarcastic. Oh, my God. He's such a great writer. Bruggis, I repeat, chuckling. She turns to me and indicates the chair she is sitting on, which is the same type of oak chair that they use to give elementary school teachers. Um, B-I-T-D in parentheses. I don't know what that means. Uh, sturdy and utilitarian. And she says, this was from B'nai Brith. They had 13 chairs like this, and I brought and I bought all of them up here, she says, as I said. She she is, as I said, a heavy woman. <laughs> this is by the way, Ken's Ken's a heavy man. He's just he's fucking ruthless. A heavy woman, and this is a sturdy chair, so I assume there is some connection there and also some vague religious iconography involved that is deserving of description and beyond my grasp. <laughs> she is sitting in front of me, um, to my left, and the Prince Valiant J- Jr. is sitting behind her <laughs> at this point at the piano, eating her dinner on on the piano. How did you get them here? I asked, not wanting to ask why, which is, which, which was really the question I had, since it was not a lone concert where you are supposed to bring your own chair. One by one, she says, as if there were any other way to transport chairs. Oh my God! Oh, I love him so much. He's such a beautiful writer. He's such a beautiful mind. You know, to write like this, you sort of have to. This is all. You know, he's feeling all of this. He's watching the world. It's all this sort of drama. The beautiful play. Oh my God. So the music starts and she gets out of the Benebrith chair and goes and sits in the middle of the audience. And Junior comes and sits to my right against the wall. So I have those residual warm feelings because of my Aunt Rose. But I know Junior is sooner or later also going to find some excuse to move away as well. So during the performance, I take a picture with my cell phone and the flash goes off and... Though her back was to me, she gets all annoyed and turns to me in irritation, gets up and moves away also. (laughs) So this is all pretty much as expected and according to script thus far. Then things begin to change. It is intermission and I go to the kitchen to get coffee and I get a call from my neighbor. I hear the harmonica ringtone, but the cell reception here is poor and I find I cannot call him back, nor can I send a message. I can only see who it is from now. He has been remotely mom-sitting his girlfriend's 92-year-old mother all week who is alone in the house in Middletown because she and her sister went down to North Carolina to visit her sister's son who was at the Citadel, a military school. The call seemed anomalous, I don't know what that means, and random. So immediately I am thinking something happened at the house or where something happened to his girlfriend's mother and she is in Middletown and he has no way to get there. So obviously... I'm not going to enjoy any more of the concert wondering about all this. I go outside hoping to get a cell signal. I'm waving my phone around in the night like it is a magic wand, and I can maybe conjure one from the atmosphere like Prospero. Again, like I don't even know that reference. Hopefully you do. I'm an idiot. He's so fucking just a smart, brilliant Man, not working, so I get in my car and drive till I get a signal. I'm already halfway home when I get my neighbor finally and learn the actual reason. It turns out that he has got a job that night as a, as a bouncer at a local club in Monticello and needs a ride. Being halfway home, I decide not to go back to the concert. Now this is the second time I'm having to leave a concert at PCC in the middle, so I'm wondering, is there some kind of karmic element at work? So I say, sit tight, I will be there in 15 minutes. 
Um, all right, it's almost done. One more paragraph. Thanks for indulging me. I miss this man so much, and it's really fun to to share his work with you. I drive him to the club, drop him off, and then make a U-turn on Broadway, which for some bizarre reason is illegal. And immediately two cop cars with yellow lights flashing pull up behind me like I am Jesse James and have just robbed the Overland stage. So I launch into this whole story about the Bruegas and the 13 B'nai B'rith chairs and the friend's mother in Middletown and the neighbor who is a bouncer in Phillipsport in the Karma concert, and I can see he doesn't believe... God damn it, I lost it again. Um, hold on, we're almost there. And I can see... Uh, as a bouncer... Karmacon, I guess he doesn't believe it remotely possible that I could have made something so bizarre up. So, now there are still two cop cars with lights flashing behind me, and I hear him call in, Hello, dispatch, the Toyota Camry. Yeah, take it off the sheet. He comes back to the car and says, I am going to give you a warning. He's not smiling, but I can tell he cannot wait to get back in his patrol car and tell this whole story to his buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think this whole thing may, may be a warning. I am thinking that, but I don't say it. So he lets me go, and in my head I'm singing, Come, senators, congressmen, throughout the land. Don't criticize what you don't understand. Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Broigus, congratulations to Bob Dylan and B'nai B'rith. I mean, this is just a Facebook post, and it reads like an essay, you know? Um, so that's, that's Ken Lipschitz, uh, and, you know, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to miss him my whole life. And I will keep rem remembering him in different ways. And um, he's got a daughter. And he's one of those unsung heroes, you know, incredible, beautiful author. And I have his books. I have a couple of his books. I'm sure there's more. There's Moon Over Mono. He's got a few. Um, but he was a poet. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man and a great character that was encouraging to me in ways that I, I can't even imagine. Like I wasn't even aware of, you know, of 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 the fact that sometimes he was the only person cheering me on. You know, there's no one else in around cheering me on, but he was there, and he was cheering me on when he could have just been, you know, doing his own work or pushing his own work. But, um, you know, it's you're always full of regrets. I wish I told him how much I loved him more. Uh, but it was fun. You know, I'd give him a hug. He didn't like hugs, but I would give him a hug anyway. And um, he was just an unassuming, brilliant man. And it's a huge loss for upstate New York, for our community. And I, I feel his absence tremendously. And I wish I, wish I could call him. I wish I could message him. I always thought, you know, well, whenever I go back home upstate, I'll go to the Bethel Market Cafe and meet up, meet up with Ken for coffee. Um, I'm, I'm gonna miss him so much when I go back home, and he's not there. But um, I'll, I'll, the the last word he ever said to me was penis. <laughs> the the last, you know, that's that's appropriate. I think I think he'd be happy. He's describing what he was going through in the hospital. And he he said it's like having the third leg that's kicking me in the penis. And I laughed, you know, my response was like, ha ha, you know, um, because he was so funny. And that's the th last thing he ever said to me. 
um, <laughs> which is perfect. It's just this is what he it's what he would have wanted. He didn't like hugs. Um, but I feel so fortunate to have met Ken, to have known him the way I did. Although I always regret not knowing him even better, but I reached out to his daughter and you know I'd love to hear her stories about him. And and I'm gonna be reading his books for my whole life, and I'll always have them and have his thoughts, and his you know maybe his thoughts that he couldn't even you know put across in conversation. We would chat, but he wouldn't talk to me like the great you know author that he was. Um, so Ken Lipschitz, I, I love you, and um, you know I'm so grateful for the kindness that he bestowed upon me. And um, thank, thanks for, thanks for uh, you know letting me do this and tell you about my friend. I'm so lucky to have known him. Okay, so real quick, uh, I played a bunch of shows. Uh, aside from the Bowery Vault, I played at the Commodore. That was really fun. I played at Nash Jam Fest, which is a Jewish music festival. I thought I was leaving the Jewish community by coming to fucking Tennessee, but no, they found me and have been beautiful, nothing but beautiful and loving, unfortunately. So, you know, I'm not going to say no to beautiful people who are full of love. So I played Nash Jam Fest, and it was so cool. It was a real, you know, big festival stage. It was, a, it was like part of the, it was like a festival, you know, and there was like an artist tent, and they had hospitality bags and free Pringles and beer and water, and I got like an artist tag. Right? It felt real. It felt like showbiz. I started off the night. I played first. I played on the main stage, which is really, really cool. Um, so thank you so much, Dove, for having me there. He's a beautiful man, and I feel so lucky to know him. That was really fun. Played the Commodore, played with Tennessee Jesse, Jesse Felder, and that was really cool. It's always so fun to see him. We, we got to chat a bit after the gig. And um, and then played the Bowery Vault. And then um, tomorrow, this is a few days ago, when you hear this, I'm doing uh, an online show for the American Folk Art Museum, um, which is like near Union Square. I've played it, and um, they do these online shows now. Um, so I'm really excited about that going to be you know it's like uh, i feel like i'm beginning to be playing for high society you know these um you know rich like wealthy uh socialite new yorkers you know who who are patrons of the american folk art museum so i'm i'm genuinely like honored and so excited about that um and uh, that's that go check out my instagram i i probably put some stuff on my facebook too um but uh yeah, there's a couple of clips from the Bowery Vault show. It was so much fun. And um, go check out Ellie Turner's music, Zach Meadows' music. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, I think that about does it. Um, it's just, it's been, it's been a really, really beautiful week, and I'm so grateful to be here. I took a beautiful hike at Bell's Bend, um, you know, walked along the river, and it was just really, really special. And, um, you know, just, 
yeah. Um, haven't been cooking a lot this week, but um, hopefully going to cook something fun this week. Um, let me see if there's anything else real quick before I go. Um, just want to say that Ellie's been super fun. Um, she's the best cat. Oh, check out Grant. Check out gr- my buddy Grant's uh, Letters EP. It's Grant Allen. Uh, the EP is just called Letters. So if you search Grant Allen on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, Grant Allen will show up. It's sort of like a white picture of him. Um, and then the EP is called Letters. And it's got like tattoo art for the album cover. Start with Washington, Chicago, Japan. I freaking love that song. But it's all good. Um, such a special friend. Got to hang out with Katie this week. It was just a freaking beautiful week. The music video is out. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I'll, t- I'll talk to you next week. Um, and if you missed the Dream Alone podcast, which is two episodes ago, go check that one out. Um, the song is really fun to sing as well. Dream The, the song is called Dream Alone. Um, and yeah, let me know if I should keep doing these these older songs that I wrote, you know, sort of like my originals that no one's ever heard, or if you'd like something else. Um, but I really appreciate it. Sorry the podcast ran a little bit long this week. I love you guys. I love you, Ken. I miss you. You're absolutely beautiful. And um, I hope you have a wonderful week. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.